You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Friends, our first reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah. It is the, one of the lectionary texts for this week in the church. And so we are not alone in looking at this scripture as churches across the world uh, might be diving in to seeing what the prophet Isaiah has to say. So friends, listen now for the word of God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth that it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers? It is he who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely slown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. For when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name because he is great in strength, mighty in power. For not one is missing. Why then do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. For even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, the God who has acted in the past and continues to move here and now among us, guiding us into a hopeful future. Open our minds and our hearts that we might receive the way you are speaking to each of us individually, but also as the community gathered this morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts here in this place be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This sermon is titled, God Ain't Done. God Ain't Done. So there's a famous video clip out there of the basketball legend Kobe Bryant. If you don't know Kobe, he played for the Los Angeles Lakers his entire career, and he was pretty successful at the game of basketball. 
And in this uh, video, he's at a press conference after game two of the 2009 NBA Finals. And in the video, Kobe is asked by a reporter as Kobe sits there, almost this, this glare out at everybody. And the reporter says, I'm waiting to get a big smile out of you. You're up 2-0. Are you happy? Kobe replies, what's there to be happy about? The reporter goes, you're up, you're up 2-0. <laughs> and then Kobe drops this line, which is now almost famous in the basketball world. Maybe you've seen it where he goes, job's not finished. Job finished? Job's not finished. And my favorite part of that is the reporter just kind of goes, okay. <laughs> now, as an Orlando Magic fan, growing up in Orlando, we haven't had the most successful career, like, you know, time as a franchise in basketball. We're getting there. And, and this infamous quote from Kobe, for me in particular, is a, is a pretty painful memory um, because that year was only our second ever appearance in the NBA Finals as a franchise. And Kobe's just demeanor there of job not finished I'm going to kill this team the next time I see them on the court. It hurts because the Lakers would then go on to win the NBA Finals in five games and they would become the 2009 NBA champions. The first time in seven years for that franchise. Now this uh, jobs not finished mentality, it's an extreme example of uh, what they say with Kobe that he had the Mamba mentality. Right, that he was just always there for one singular purpose, and that was to strike down his opponent. That's what he was known for, this Mamba mentality, this what's there to be happy about if the job isn't finished? What's there to be happy about if this job isn't finished? As if we should believe that there's only one singular reason to be happy in life or in our profession. Now, Kobe wasn't really one to stop and to smell the roses throughout his career. There was always one goal, one singular goal for Kobe, and that was to be champion. Anything else was a failure. And he did that five times over 20 years. Pretty impressive. For Kobe, there was a very specific sign that the job at hand was indeed finished. It was him holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of a season. That was his proof, that trophy. It was his proof not only to himself, but to everyone else, from fans to uh, other teammates to opponents to anybody watching. That was the proof that that means the job is done. Jobs finished. The 40th chapter from Isaiah begins what we call the Deutero uh, Isaiah. It's essentially second Isaiah, chapters 40 through 55. And these are the prophetic words by an anonymous author, not the prophet Isaiah himself, which speak to the Israelite people who are at the tail end of exile in Babylon. The Babylonians have taken them and there, in this chapter, it begins with a call to the people of God. A call that says, prepare yourself 
for God's arrival. Prepare yourself, just like scouts. Prepare yourself for God is about to make a path for you back to Jerusalem. Now the Israelites who received this word, they've been in exile for 70 years. 70 years of being foreigners in a foreign land. 70 years away from that land they know is holy. From that land that has their holy temple. From the places they know God is. And it's there that the prophet speaks a word of preparation to a generation, generations of Israelites who are tired and weary, who are defeated and down and out, who are hanging on to a single thread of hope, if any at all. It is there to that exiled community, the prophet shouts, get ready, Israel. Look alive, Judah. The job isn't finished. God ain't done. And the text seems to add then that he's along these lines goes, and don't act surprised because this isn't exactly breaking news. And then we're brought into our reading today, verses 21 through 31, where God's word echoes the stories of God's power in the past. It paints the picture of God in the present, and it foreshadows God's activity that is to come in the future. The writer of Isaiah uses my personal favorite image of God to emphasize his message, the creator. He points the Israelites all the way back to the beginning. Now this section from Isaiah, this 21 through 31, it's, it's structured into three separate sections, with each saying something unique about who God is as creator. And then at the same time, together these sections, they call us into that mindset of preparedness that mindset of attentiveness, that mindset of active work, and work while we wait, an active waiting. The first section begins in verse 21, and it starts with these questions. Now, as I read back some of this scripture, I want you to know I'm pulling this from Eugene Peterson's The Message Translation, because I like the way that he says these questions, the way that he paints this picture from Isaiah. Verse 21 from the message starts, have you not been paying attention? Have you not been listening? Have you, haven't you heard these stories all your life? Don't you understand the foundation of all things? The prophet says to the people, guys, let me remind y'all about just who God is. Because from my vantage point, as you've been in exile, I know it was 70 years. I know you haven't been in Jerusalem, but it seems you have forgotten who God is. As I was reading this text, it just kind of hit me about the number of times in my life, let alone in a single week, I need a reminder <laughs> about who God is. 
I know that there are times in our lives collectively as a church that we just need a reminder of who God is. Especially after exile. Especially after those times away from the places that root us and our identity as people of God. People of God. Come on now, we're talking about God. God, God. Yahweh. We're not talking about some God or idol of human making. We're talking about the creator of all life, of everything, of the whole world, of the skies and of the waters, gargantuan in size and being, that we are like mere ants, as Peterson translates it. We're talking about God whose sovereignty deals with the world's Rulers like weeds when the wind blows. Swept up, they're blown away. Do y'all remember that, God? To the Israelites, do they remember that God? The God who throughout history has provided everything and at the same time has protected all of us. Even in exile. And so the prophet turns then in verse 25 and 26 and begins this second section with more questions. This is my favorite part. He says, so understanding all of that, who is like me? Who holds a candle to me? Look at the night skies. Who do you think made all this? Who marches this army of stars out each night, counts them off, calls each of them by name? So magnificent, so powerful, and never overlooks a single one. Woo! I don't know if y'all are hearing this. And I don't know why, I kind of do, but this... This section in particular, ooh, it, I, I feel like it's a coach giving a halftime speech or something. Something about it is, is hyping me up. It's like uh, watching, to stay with my basketball imagery, it's like watching LeBron James, for me, be doubted for his basketball abilities because he's 40 and 21 years in the league playing 18 and 19-year-olds, and they're like, he doesn't have enough. He's not what he used to be. And then all of a sudden, hearing all that, hearing the doubters, a flip is switched, and he says, let me remind you just exactly who I am and who I have always been. And all of a sudden, puts on a show that just leaves us all with our jaws dropped. How is that possible? We're left in awe. We're left almost speechless. We're left still trying to comprehend what we've seen. And so when God goes into this, let me remind you who I am stage, it's that times a thousand, times a million, this, this feeling of speechlessness, of amazement, 
We're lost in the mystery of who God is. We're brought to a sobriety of our own humanity, realizing, well, I am certainly not that. There's a reason that there's this phrase called God mode. When someone in their craft seems to go into this zone that is otherworldly. The zone where they can just do nothing wrong beyond their human capabilities. What else do we hear in this section? What is the truth of this, let me remind you who I am? Well, the truth is that God knows us, right? God knows you, God knows me. Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten that this is God who knows each and every star in the sky? By name. Well, with that God, surely, surely then God hasn't overlooked us either. There's hope, friends. There is hope. Even in the exiled places of our lives, there's hope that God ain't done. The God who knows us, who names and claims us, is the same God who created everything. Do you know what I mean when I say everything? That God who created everything, and not out of some piece of clay, God who created everything, who made life out of nothing. Are we really about to lose faith in that God? In creation, God not only provides the beginning, God then sustains. Because God's creative works in the world, it's, it's ongoing. It's always happening. Yes, it happened, but even here in this place right now, it's happening. God's work is alive. And it is in nothingness in the voids of our lives, the depths of pain, of suffering, of despair, of loneliness, you name it. It is in the nothingness, the voids, that God goes to work, bringing life through the new creation. In that void. And this message of the new creation is directly tied to the creator and God's self. Peterson translates in the next section and tells us, God doesn't come and go. God doesn't come and go. God lasts. God has been here. God is here. And God will continue to be here. This is the promise. On this truth is where we place our hope. On this promise We prepare ourselves. It is in this promise of a living God, the God of creation who has both created and continues to bring about a new creation. It is in this promise that we wait. We wait. We wait with purpose. 
This call to wait is not one of the passive nature. It's not telling you to just sit tight, hold on. We're going to get there. Just trust me. No, friends, this is a waiting that is active. It is a waiting that requires energy. It is a waiting that requires intentionality in how we sit. It's a waiting that requires work. A waiting that calls on us to prepare ourselves. God doesn't come and go, God lasts. Job finished? Job isn't finished. God ain't done. God ain't done with the Israelites in the Babylonian exile. God ain't done with creation as we know it. God isn't done with the fruitful ministry here at First Presbyterian Church. Even after 100 years of scouting in Troop 2, I promise you, God ain't done. God ain't done with us. Are we paying attention? Haven't you heard? Have you not been listening? What's our response? How are we responding to our amazement of God who knows each and every one of us yet created everything, preparing ourselves to encounter the living God here and now, time and time again? We actively wait for God's sign. And it probably won't look like holding a trophy up after winning the NBA finals, but we wait for God's sign of activity among us. And we live into this waiting, this waiting that is fueled not only by our hope, but by our amazement and our past encounters with the living God with hearts and minds open to the ongoing work of creation. For when we are tired and weary, when we are teetering on hopelessness, when we are devoid of joy, unable to see the sustaining power of God, I got something for you. Go touch grass. Go look up in the sky. Be amazed by God. Go listen to the creek flow. Go run the river birch trail. Go to the cottonwood. Drive to North Carolina and see the mountains. See that God doesn't come and go. God, Yahweh, the creator, God lasts. In Genesis, as I was talking with the children, right? During this creation narrative, Scripture tells us that after each day, God saw what God had made, and with it was well pleased, saying, it is good. And on that seventh day, God rested. God rested, but the job of creation wasn't finished. Let that hope, that hope which fills you up in that moment, let it light a fire inside of you. Let it light a fire inside of all of us to look alive, to wait with vigor, and to wait with intention for God's newest act of creation. Friends, this is a message of hope, a hope that sends us forth from this place, not just with a sigh of relief, 
knowing that we're not alone. No, this is a hope that sends us forth fired up. This is a hope that is full of strength to persevere, hope which both motivates and transforms the entire mentality of a community, of a people, and of the world. Do I need to remind you who God is? Trust the words of the prophet. God ain't done. God ain't done. Let us pray. God of creation, the creation from the beginning and the creation that continues to happen today, the creation that will continue to be made known to us in the future. We give you thanks. Thanks for this time to be together, to focus in on your word, to see the ways that you are calling us to prepare to head back, to prepare to walk the path, to wait, but to wait with our hearts set on work. Fill us with the energy to do that work, to actively wait to lean on one another when we grow tired and weary, to open our eyes to the ways that you are with us here and now. Use us as instruments in the building of a new creation. We pray this all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.